Alright, welcome to the Blue Mountain Fantasy Baseball Champion League Podcast, brought to you by Red Triangle Sports. I'm your host, Matt Kozlowski. Joining me tonight, as usual, Shane Stein. Hey, good to be here, Matt. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for asking. How are you? I'm doing well. Kyle, how are you? I'm doing really well, and I don't care how you're doing. Thank you. (laughs) We all know you only care about the Stallions and the Stallions only. Um, Not a problem with that. Speaking of the Stallions, you made a trade this week. Yeah, I did. You want to talk about it? Sure, let's do it. Alright, so you gave up Michael Waka, $5 in 2017 and $7 in 2018 to Burkhart. And Burkhart gave you, Alex Wood, Marco Estrada, and the first of the four draft picks that you will eventually get from him. Um, his fourth round minor this time. You'll probably get the other three for about $6 in draft cash at some point um, on draft day. But I'll turn it over to you guys. Well, it's your deal, Kyle. Go ahead and uh, you can talk us through it, and then maybe we'll uh, we'll pick it apart a little. Sure. So, um, as you guys obviously know, I'm I'm up against the cap. Money is tight right now. Aren't we uh, all? For, for the Stallions. So, um, Michael Walker has been on a skid, and so uh, mm-hmm. I felt like it was time to, to at least move him to help me financially. I thought he was at least a piece that can be flipped if he turns it back on for Burkhart. So there's some intriguing value there. Um, but he had said he was looking for draft cash. Um, I made about 80 offers to him for different guys over the past week. Um, and he'll uh, attest to the fact that he did not answer many of them. <laughs> um, so finally I was just like, dude, are we getting a deal done or not? And he, he said, let's do it. Um, and so, you know, uh, Scott White cannot stop talking about how good Alex Wood is. So um, I'm hopping on that bandwagon. He's obviously been pretty good since what they call is a mechanical issue. And uh, Estrada just continues to pitch well. So two guys that I think help my bad rotation. And, um, you know, I got to sneak in that fourth round pick when I can. So I got it. Yeah, that was the part that made me laugh at the deal. Uh, always seeing the Stallions pick up a, a fourth rounder no matter what happens. Um, always seems to be the case. Uh, I didn't really mind the deal for either side here. I thought it was a pretty uh, pretty good deal both ways. Um, I think the Stallions win this one. Um, I'm a big Alex Wood fan. I think he's going to be a pretty good pitcher the um, rest of the year. And I, I think he's going to have a next good couple of years. So... I'm excited about what he can do. Um, Marco Estrada's obviously been throwing the ball pretty well this year. Um, I think better than pretty much all of us would have thought he was going to. So you, you desperately needed some pitching. Uh, Walker hasn't been doing anything for you. You go out and, and get two guys that have been throwing the ball pretty well. And the cash for me isn't really a big deal. Um, didn't give up too much cash, but just kind of the going rate for kind of what you gave up. So I think it's a pretty good deal. The, the, the thing that I guess... <coughs> Saves it for me for Burkhardt is I guess he's going to have to be able to flip Walker at some point. Um, Walker hasn't really done much this year, but I think he's going to have to flip Walker again and, and try to get a little bit more in return to make this a good deal for him. Yeah, I pretty much agree with Shane. Um, it's kind of the boring take, and usually we're on the same page, but not much to pick apart here. I think you won the deal, Kyle, but 
as we talked about the last couple of podcasts, anytime you have a buying, buying and selling trade, usually we're going to lean on the side of the buyer for now. Um, I'm a big Wood fan as well. I think he's throwing the ball really well. I'm not a huge Estrada believer, but I think that's just biased for the last couple of years. Um, the last two years, though, he's been great. So prior to that is when he was really a bad pitcher and it was hard to get on board, but he's really turned that around. Um, and he's kind of strange in the sense he's a fly ball pitcher surviving in a fly ball atmosphere in Toronto. So um, props to him for continuing to pitch well and a good addition, like you said, to what was a depleted starting pitching staff that you had. The good thing for your team, though, is you you can take these chances for starting pitching. I mean, you really have nothing to lose. I mean, your, your rotation's pretty much the only thing that's holding you back from from kind of dominating. Um, not that you aren't already doing really well, but you, you can take these, these chances. The one thing I was a little, I don't not not upset, I mean, or frustrated or anything like that, just I thought it was strange that I thought Burkhart might want to take a chance on keeping one of these guys. Um, I think Alex Wood might have been a guy I could take a flyer on as a keeper at 9 bucks. Um, same with Estrada at 7 I mean, just go. I mean, obviously, Burkhardt has a lot of young talent still waiting to come up, uh, and a lot of different interesting keeper options. But I thought one of those guys might have been a guy he would be willing to take a risk on. I don't know. Well, yeah. Let's take a look at Burkhardt's roster here. Um, obviously, you have Sonny Gray as a keeper. Um, he's pretty much made him untouchable. <laughs> Wonder if that would change now the way he's thrown the ball this year, but. Guess it wouldn't make sense to move him um, right now at this at this rate. Um, Taiwan Walker and Zach Wheeler, probably the other keepers, as well as John Gray. So those are four potential um, pitching keepers there for him. You know, other guys. Nate Carnes is thrown well. I'm not sure he really fits the mold of a keeper right now. Um, Byron Buxton's probably a guy he has to keep at this stage in his career. That would give him five. Sano, six, Christian Yelich, seven, and Brandon Drury would be the eighth guy um, with a guy like Colton Wong and Travis Darno, probably on the outside looking in right now, if I had to guess. Yeah, so I guess, I mean, those guys probably, I'm, th- I'm thinking maybe Wood would have been my guy that I would have thought about keeping. Um, I mean, you look at his roster, maybe, maybe he's on the outside of that eight, and, and he's not good enough to get in there, but I thought he'd thought he was a guy that maybe you take a you see what he does the rest of the year and maybe you take a chance on him I think he's gonna get better that's just my opinion yeah Wood's a guy that I think it's not a bad idea to sell high on right now just because the struggles he had last year and even in the very beginning of this year um it would be if he had held on to Wood I think Wood versus Wheeler would have been interesting for the eighth spot Kyle any thoughts on Burkhart's keepers there um, yeah, that was something that, you know, I walked through with him as I tried to figure out who I was going to trade for. Um, actually, the one pitcher that I was really trying to get, we talked about a little before uh, we got on air here, um, was John Gray, because he could be $0 for me this year, um, which would be huge for the fact that I have no money. Um, so he pretty much said that he's not interested in moving him because – you know, he can just wait and see how good he really is. So, um, yeah, I think 
I think it makes, made sense for him to move the guys that he moved, and uh, he has eight keepers still that he can get along with. So where does that put you now with Cap? I don't even know. Well, you dropped some bucks there. My, my follow-up question to that was, without digging too much into it, because I'm sure you won't give us too much, but what's the next move for the Stallions? What What's... What's on your plate right now? What are you thinking about? I'm um, thinking about trying to beat Tom this week, as uh, he always seems to play me well. Um, That's not not the answer I was looking for. Come on, <laughs> give give us something. Um, I'm gonna, I mean, I'll try and get another arm at some point. I mean, that tends to be what I do. I draft hitters, I keep hitters, and then. Pitching seems to be the thing that people will sell the cheapest at the deadline. Um, you know, I'm hoping Hayward can turn it on maybe and be worth the money I'm spending on him. Um, and if he turns out not to be, I'll probably move him in a deal just to cut cash and try and get another bat. Um, so, so we'll see. I mean, excited to see what's available and when. This um, coming. And as far as cap goes, I think I figured it out here. I saved five bucks on that deal, and then I had dropped Tyson Ross at nine, and added a guy. Well, I added him back for five, so I think I'm at three hundred one after the deal. All this coming from the guy that said he wasn't going to be overpaying for pitching at the deadline this year. So we'll see if that holds true. Have I overpaid? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Well, the, the one guy I think I might have overpaid on would have been the guy that's currently on Kaz's team um, in uh, David Price. So, Well, you still have a shot to get him. We, we can work something out. I don't trade with you. Especially if you're going to be willing to overpay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, just looking at the standings, thought it was interesting... There are 10 teams that are not um, double-digit games or more out of the play, out of the division lead. Um, so my question to you two gentlemen here is, is it fair to say that we now have a 10-team race for our first eight-team playoff uh, this early in the season? Uh, I thought about this a lot when you posed the question, and I, I think the answer you wanted us to say is yes. But it's just too early for me to say that, that, that it's down to 10. Um, looked at it a lot today, and the only three teams that I can truly say with confidence that they're, they're not going to make the playoffs are the Malloy Boys, uh, Gorilla Glue, and the Sluggers. Um, those are the only three I'm willing to eliminate right now. Um, they've all pretty much sold away their big pieces. They're, they're not going to co- compete for the playoffs this year. I'm not. I'm not ready to sell off uh, Slump Busters, uh, Brave Boys, Dutch Oven. Those are the three that that seem to be in the window that we're going to discuss here. Um, still only right around the 15 game mark out, out of division races, playoff, uh, playoff picture. It takes me back to last year. I think the Matadors were what 20 games out of the division with two weeks to go. And almost came back and made made the playoffs, something like that. You yeah. you would know better than me. I don't know what it was, but he almost won the division. I know that. So yeah, it was it was roughly twenty <clears throat> games, somewhere around there, with with two weeks to play, and they almost got in. So with ten weeks left in the season, um, I'm, I'm not ready to write teams off that are 
still one or two good, really good weeks away from, from getting right back in the thick of it. Um, with that being said, I, yeah. I think that these next couple of weeks are huge for those teams. Um, you can't really fall that far behind when there's that many teams in the picture. Um, it's tough to climb over all those teams. That's very nice of you, Shane, to uh, not burn any trade bridges here by not talking badly about anybody. That's a good job by you. Got to keep my <laughs> options open. Uh, so, yeah, I think um, I'm going to go out and say it is an 11-team race. Um, I'm going to count the Slump Busters in as uh, a team that I think is going to turn around and compete here. He has a nice roster. I think he was just a little unlucky to begin the season here. Um, and I would say the rest are, are going to be out of it. So um, maybe I'll a couple bridges, but that's fine. Um, rather be honest to everybody than to make things up like Shane does. Um, but yeah, I would say it's down to 11 teams. Well, today's record, the Brave Boys, they're about a game, game and a half worse than the Slump Busters. Insider, why I said that. Um, I've been texting Dale a little bit about trying to make some trades, and I think he'll be selling soon, according to his text with me. So I think he's seeing that you know he doesn't have a championship roster and is ready to make some moves. Um, is going to be honing in on a big bat. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I had that same conversation with Dale. I figured if he hasn't turned around here in the next week or two, he would probably add to the seller list, but I just wanted to point to the fact that he's not really having a bad season so far. So, No, I actually want to touch on before we... I know we're going to talk matchups in a little bit here. I think that might be the one of the biggest matchups this week is the Brave Boys versus Dutch Oven. Um, and Loser I, leaves town match, old school WWE. It kind of, it kind of feels that way. <laughs> um, and not only that, the winner, I feel, can't be like a 7-6 win, and they got to gain some ground here. Um, they gotta they gotta try to get double digits somehow, um, but yeah, if you if you lose a ten three game here, if you're one of those two teams, uh, I think that might be it. Yeah, we'll get into this week's matchups here in a little bit. Um, Shane, I think you have some trivia for Kyle and I. I do, uh, put some put together some stuff for you guys today. We'll try to make it interesting. Um, last week was all just about our league and uh, who was at the top of each category. We'll go a little different. Do you guys want the uh, hard version or easy version of my first one? Let's start out easy. Hard. Uh, I was going to say hard. All right. Let's see if the competitive nature and cause tonight. <laughs> All right. Well, there was one part of this question that was pretty hard. That's what I think. I don't think you guys would have got it. So we'll, we'll go with this. Um, he doesn't think we would have got <laughs> it. That's funny. It's a tough one. All right. You know what? We'll go hard. We'll go hard. Cause, cause has to call me out here. All right. Currently in Major League Baseball, there are 10 players with over 2,000 career hits. <clears throat> Can you name these players? Albert Pujols. Adrian Beltre. Al- Hold on. Albert is fourth. He has 2,705 hits. Sorry, is he using technology again? Is that why no. we have to go slow? No, he's got it written down in the notebook. Okay. Adrian Beltre is third with 2,814. Ichiro Suzuki. He is second with 2,960. Alex Rodriguez. 
He is the active leader. 3,084. Carlos Beltran. He is fifth. 2,498. I'm giving you a couple more seconds of silence and I'm jumping in. Feel free to jump in. I don't care. Um, let's go with I was going to say that. David Ortiz is 8th with 2,356. What about Miggy? Miggy is 7th, 2,387. Got three left. Number 6, number 9, and number 10. Alright, let's talk this out. I, I don't think David Wright's on that list. What do you think about that? I think you're probably right. I was going to say... And this might be the first wrong one, but I'm going to throw it out there just because I want to be bold. Adrian Gonzalez. Adrian Gonzalez is 14th. Uh, ah! 1,837. Uh, just to, to clear your mind, David Wright is not on the list. He's 17th. Okay. So. Um, I got two names in mind. I want to hear your thoughts on it before I say it. What about the old Phillies middle infield of Utley and Rollins? They are old. Um, I would say Rollins is probably more likely. All right, Jimmy Rollins. Rollins is sixth with 2,452. Okay. Did Utley play enough? I mean, I feel like he was hurt a lot. It's my concern. Yeah, I'm not going to jump to him yet. Um, all right, let's think about this here. What about Robbie Cano? What do you think about him? I would say he's not quite there. I don't think he's old enough yet either. Matt Holliday? Matt Holiday. Matt Holiday is 11th. Oh. 1,938. Okay. He'll get there this year, so I'm going to put an asterisk next to that one. I'm going to say we got that one right. Two names left here. I'm going to give you about one more minute, and then we'll we'll move on with our, with our question just to speed this up. All right. Silence for our listeners is definitely. I feel like Jose Altuve has that this season, but I'm not going to say him. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I don't think I got any left, Shane. All right, give me a couple seconds here. Um, I'll say Robbie Cano. Robbie Cano is nine. He got there late last year, 2071. All right. And this is the one where uh, I was going to give you guys to lead off the question, and you said you wanted to go hard, so. Okay. So this is the guy that doesn't make sense, you're saying? This is the guy that you probably wouldn't think of as having this many hits. As compared to, say, a Matt Holliday or Adrian Gonzalez. This is kind of what sparked the question for me today. Do they have to be old? I guess they probably have to be. Alright, um, one last guess. Alright, 
Ryan Braun. Ryan Braun is, is not on the list. Uh, AJ Pierzynski. Nice. 2011 hits. Just got there a couple weeks ago. Um, 10th on the active hits list. I thought that was interesting. Uh, I think we kind of forget how good a good of a hitter he was in his prime. He was a pretty solid source of, uh, of hits behind the dish. Yeah, definitely. All right, let's move over to a little more fantasy relevant here. Um, we'll get this out of the way quick. Um, kind of an underrated stat. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people pay attention to. I know I do. I spend a lot of time when I make my moves. I, it might not seem like I'm uh, doing anything that's <laughs> scientifically correct, but I do, I do look at this a lot. Um, going into tonight's action, there were 10 starting pitchers that had a whip of under one. And at least 30 innings pitched. Matt Andrees had 27 innings, is under one, but uh, I did not include him on the list. There are 10 guys that have a whip of under one. Can you name them? Clayton Kershaw. Just an incredible .66. Unbelievable. Is number one. I got the first one, Kyle. Um, Kyle, Fernando Rodney. Starting pitchers with over 30 innings pitched, Kyle. Sorry. <laughs> Clearly. Um, starting pitchers. Under one whip. I didn't think it would be this hard right away. Jake Arietta. Chris Sale. Jake Arietta is number three with a point nine whip. Chris Sale is number two. Point eight four. Alright, um Let's try Noah Syndergaard. He has a .98 whip. Good for sixth. They're all on Andy's team. <laughs> yeah, that's what we should have just done was name all his pitchers. Um... See, I don't like starting pitchers. What about what about Aaron Nola? He is fourth with a .94 whip. Having a great year. Um, I feel like this is a really bad guess, but this guy has been dominating. John Lackey. He is fifth. The .95 whip. All right, so we got six so far, right? You got six of them. Kershaw, Sale, Arietta, Syndergaard, Nola, and Lackey. Okay. What about Nate Ivaldi? He's not on the list. Uh, he has a good whip, though. I think it was like 1.08 or something. Okay. The other guy I was thinking about was Rick Porcello. He's not on the list either. All right. There's probably one or two more names you guys <clears throat> should get. Cause um, you should definitely get one of them. Well, with that being said, I'm going to assume it's Jose Quintana. It is not. Okay. Hmm. What about Jose Fernandez? He has like a 1.2 something whip. Yeah. Cos, who are your other starting pitchers? Do you have anybody? Well, it's Price, Quintana, Kennedy, Lackey, Andres, and. 
He named five of them, but not his best one so far. Yeah. Which is really weird. Oh, Johnny Cueto. Johnny Cueto has a .99 whip. Kyle, you traded him to me. And three, these last three were uh, yeah. pretty interesting names. One guy's on an incredible roll so far here um, over the past six weeks. I'm, I'm uh, at a loss. Kind of the forgotten man in the Mets rotation, Steven Matz. Oh, yeah, he's uh, really good. .99. And then these last two, um, really interesting to see. Uh, this is kind of what brought it up. Along with Nola, um, Josh Tomlin, .98, has been on fire this year. And Matt Whistler going into tonight had a .99. Wow. Um, so, yeah, those 10 guys uh, not giving up a whole lot of base runners this year. All right, that was uh, that was taxing. Thanks for those, uh, <laughs> those two lists there. That was good stuff. I'm sweating. <laughs> All right, let's get into this week's matchups. Um Back into divisional play this week before we take a week off next week. And then we get back into division play the following two weeks. Shout out to Bino for the schedule. Um, just a little bit of a strange setup there. <laughs> Taking that break next week. Um, I actually believe I play Bino next week, so don't try too hard since I made that comment. Um, but there's three big matchups this week, in my opinion. Uh, Matadors versus Desperados, Jones Bros versus Manifest Destiny, and the Beantown Bombers versus uh, Cody's team. Not going to spend too much time on that matchup, I don't think. Um, but it's all first, second place matchups, and it's the last time that these teams will play against each other this season um, in the division. So. I think all three of these matchups have um, some major impl implications. My question for you guys is, who's going to hold on in these matchups this week? And how will this week affect the rest of the season's races in those three divisions? Um, well, I'm going to shy away from my matchup right now. Um, obviously, I want to say that I'm going to hold on. Uh, I hope so. Um, we're off to a great start. I'm having just a huge week so far. Uh, Frank's right there with me. We're kind of playing... Big boy fantasy baseball this week. Uh, a lot of big numbers. Um, but I'm going to jump into the Matador Desperados one because that's the big one that I've been following pretty close. Um, and I think you're going to hold on for the win here. And you finally catch a week where balls pitching has not been dominant. Um, that's the big factor for me. Looks like you're going to take a bunch of pitching categories from what has been the best pitching staff in the league so far. Um, you have six of them right now, it looks like. Um, so all you got to do is hang on and get a couple offensive categories, and I think you're going to get the win. Um, always nice. Not to say your, your pitching is also pitching well. So it's not just that Ball's team's having a down week. Your, your guys have been throwing pretty well as well. So I think the Desperados hang on. And Titan, what's already, uh, what are you, down two and a half games, I think, in the yes. division race? So Titan, what's already a, a really tight race for that for that division. And just going to be a huge two-team race. I think it's pretty pretty evident that it's going to be two teams there in that division the rest of the way. Um, as far as the Bombers and Chodes, it looks like it's tied up at sixes apiece right now. Yeah, and I did want to say that Cody did beat Billy earlier the first time they played. Wanted, yeah. Wanted to let, let, let everybody know that in case they didn't know that. The Chodes coming off a huge earlier season win against the Bombers. Um, 
They did. They did beat them earlier this year. And if if you don't, did, if did you, Cody beat the Bombers? If you don't believe me that Cody beat the Bombers, text him and ask him. He will be happy to tell you about it. But yeah, I think that I'm gonna go with Bill comes back and wins this one. Um, it seems that the lack of power has once again reared its ugly head here for the Chodes so far this week. Um, but but he beat Billy earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, not knocking the. Carry over any stats. <laughs> not uh, not hitting too many balls out of the park this week. Only have one home run so far. Uh, the power for the Bombers is starting to show up. They have six right now. Um, I think that they're going to be able to take uh, quite a few offensive categories. And it looks like neither team is lighting it up pitching wise this week. I think Billy gets just enough uh, to hold on. And I think it's going to be a tight one though. Yeah. So. Um... I would say we'll start with the Bombers Chodes. I'm taking Billy. Uh, I think the categories that he's winning, um, he's going to hang on to. And um, I, I just trust that his team is going to pull out some of those other closer categories. Uh, I mean, we can't lose to Cody twice, can we? Um, so I'm going to go with Billy. I'm saying Desperados hold off. Um, but again, it'll be a tight one. And um, I'm going seven six one Shane and the other one. All right. Um, I'll give my predictions, then we can talk about how it's going to affect the those races the rest of the way. Um, I think I probably do hold on against Andy. Things are looking pretty good so far. Like you said on the pitching side. Um, I do, he always has the ability to blow somebody out and win all seven offensive categories, but I think I have a good enough um, hold on the pitching that hopefully I can win one or two offensive categories and get a W this week. One thing that came up fortunate for me is um, even with not making any pitching moves with my roster, I had 10 starts coming into the week, so that was helpful. Um, and then a bunch of them were good to start the week, so able to rack rack up some strikeouts here against um, what I think is the best pitching staff um, in the league so it's been a fortunate week for the Desperados Um, Bombers Chodes matchup I guess you gotta you gotta lean towards Billy right now just because the power is really uh, haunting Cody like you said Shane one homer it's gonna hurt him in total bases Billy hasn't been able to make up um, the difference on RBI so far, he's only up one um, despite having five more homers, and he's only up one run as well. Um, but the batting average is within six points. I think Billy has a shot to take that back, um, and I think he can maybe swing some of these pitching categories, but definitely going to be a close matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if it finished 6-6-2, which is what it's at right now. Um, and then the other matchup, Jones Bros versus Destiny. Um, Shane, I think you're going to pick up the W just because you, even though Frank is having a good week, you're just having a better one offensively. Um, pretty sizable advantage for you in RBIs. Even runs, you're up six. Stolen bases, you never lose. Total bases, you're up a bunch. Um, six wins, though, for Frank's pitching staff so far this week. That's wild to be talking about that on a Thursday without having <laughs> six wins. But I'm sure you will. You'll stream to definitely make sure you hold on to strikeouts 
Um, well, the good news is I, I have a bunch of starts left uh, that I can use at my disposal to, to get those categories. Don't have to really worry about ERA and whip. Probably not going to win them anyway with <coughs> Kershaw set for another start later this week. Um, probably not going to get those categories, so I'm going to have to do some streaming, uh, make sure I get my 11 starts. Um, but, yeah, it's been a really, really fortunate week for us offensively. Adam Lynn goes off last night and has the big night, two home runs, six RBIs. Um, but, yeah, just a, another tight match between me and Frank. Uh, tied 7-7 twice last year. Beat me 8-6 earlier this year. Um, we always just play tight games, so it's going to come down to Sunday, just like it always does with us, and don't expect it to be any more than a one- or two-game gap. Yeah, so the division races, I'm just looking um, at my division right now, the Jim Evans division. Um, this matchup's huge this week because I think I can at least close the gap to a half a game um, if not, take over first place this week. Uh, and then from there, Andy still has a bunch of tough weeks left. Um, he's got the Slump Busters next week, who we've talked about as them not being a pushover. Then we both finish up the division in ten weeks 10 and 11. Then he has a three-week stretch where he plays Adam, Frank, and Cody, uh, three really good teams, before he runs into Tom in week 15. And then 16 and 17, he has Jordan and Billy. So, some pretty tough matchups still on the ledger for the Matadors. Um, whereas, I still have Bino left. Uh, my two divisional matchups left. And then, you know, I still have some tough ones too. I have Jordan Revolution, Jones Brothers, Stallions, Bombers, Slump Busters, Chodes, and then Zach in week 18. Um... But I think that I have a chance to remain competitive with Andy, and I don't have to worry about him getting any 14 nothing weeks, which is big. Um, so that division, um, like you said, hopefully it's going to be a two-horse race between the two of us, and I look forward to duking it out with Andy again uh, to end the season here. Yeah, that's kind of the one thing that uh, I found interesting coming into this week, besides for the fact that we have three one versus two matchups i mean in mine frank is tied for second with with zach all of us are bunched up at the top but we have every division is within two and a half games um just really tight races for what looked like not too long ago that we were going to have some runaways it's not going to be the case um obviously in my division three teams just i think it's going to be a battle all the way to the end um I don't see anyone really separating and pulling away too far. Um, Shodes and Bombers, looks like it's going to be a good race all the way. Uh, Matadors and Desperado is obviously going to be a pretty good race. And the Fanatics have crawled their way back in, just like Kyle talked about. Um, said they were the team you were uh, most worried about, and it's coming true here. They're two and a half games back of you right now. Yep, watch out for Adam. I'm telling you, he's going to be trouble. So, um, hoping... You know, this week his brother can beat up on him a little bit, um, and then I get a chance to play him a little bit later on here. So, hopeful that I can hang on. You really need a big win against Tom this week. Uh, you need to gain some ground, and you know, right now it's ten three. I'm not sure you'll be satisfied if it's ten three on Sunday. I think I will. You will be. Yeah, because I feel like he's always a lot closer than that. Okay. 
Only four homers this week for the Stallions. Hitting 182. What's up? That's been the way we've been hitting the last two weeks before this as well. Um, Shane, I know, wants to talk about how bad Bryce Harper's been. So he's been struggling a little bit. Rizzo has been hitting very well. Arenado's been struggling with uh, his average as well. So it seems like uh, my stars are just having a bad couple of weeks, which uh, I'm fine with in May. So. Yeah, obviously your your three big offensive guns, three of them anyway, we should say, Rizzo, Arenado, Harper, got off to huge starts, and they've obviously been letting you down the last couple of weeks. Uh, all of them have cooled off considerably. Um, I think that's where uh, the offensive problems lie so far in the last couple of weeks for the Stallions, but I'm not really too concerned about it. I obviously like to give you a hard time every time Harper takes another 0 for 3. Um, looks like I'm going to be safe on that 300 batting average bet. Um, you guys all laughed at me, but hitting about 250 right now. So, like I said, even if he hits 295, it's still a good season. We round up here. He honored tonight. That he did. All right, you guys want to talk uh, top threes here? Let's do it. All right, top threes this week. Last position group left. Um, it's going to be starting pitchers. I'll let you guys uh, let you guys lead off here. Um, I thought it was a pretty clear cut number one here. Um, it's hard to not pick the Matadors. Um, I'd be shocked if someone had someone other than them. Um, Arietta. I mean, Krasko's on the DL now, but when he comes back, you got to figure he's going to return to form. Uh, Cindergard, Smiley, Velasquez. Um, then he rotates guys in like Tyler Duffy. Um, just a glutton of just top talent there uh, for McKeensburg. Yeah, I had them at one, too. Not much more to say. It's pretty straightforward. Yeah, no, nothing to add to that. He dominates pitching. Um, so, we started with great. I guess this is where it gets interesting. Uh, number two, <clears throat> I think we might have some, some differing uh, opinions on the two and three, but I went with Manifest Destiny um, because they have the best pitcher ever. Um, Clayton Kershaw I don't say that lightly I, I don't like to jump to just saying outlandish things but he is the best pitcher I've ever seen um, this guy's incredible um, he's having probably the best season start to a season that anyone's ever had I feel like <laughs> um, he's just ridiculous he goes out there and gives you at least 8 innings it seems like every game and just strikes out everyone and doesn't give up hits so then you add Max Scherzer Shields, Hamill Evaldi's having a pretty great year, and Iwakuma's even solid. So, um, a lot of nice pitching for uh, for Frank. I also had them in at number two um, for a lot of the same reasons. I think you know Kershaw is obviously just ridiculous. Um, you know, it was a big deal that he walked somebody the other day. Um, that's that's just crazy that people are tweeting. You know, Joey Votto got a walk from Kershaw. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't it shouldn't happen. You know, walking someone is normal, but uh, in his world, it's not. So uh, I think with him and then Scherzer, um, it's hard to find a better one-two punch in our league right now. Yep. Uh, again, same as you guys. Got him uh, second, and I don't think it was really close. And Kershaw is the big deciding factor there. 
All right, and then three is where I guess where it gets interesting. I thought maybe someone might have a, a push for number two, but I had two teams here it came down to for me, and I think I'm going to go with the Desperados over the Brave Boys. Um, I think the acquisitions of Price and Quintana already adding to Lackey and Cueto um, gives you the advantage slightly over the foursome of Hamels, Archer, Kluber, and Pomeranz. Um, I think I'll take uh, your four slightly over the Brave Boys. Um, I actually have the Brave Boys. Um, and I think I think you missed an arm that is really interesting on his team that's been pitching well in uh, Joe Ross. Um, so I would just add his name to that mix of guys. Obviously, Archer struggling a little bit um, in the uh, ratio categories, but definitely striking out a ton of people. So I think, you know, him turning around is on the horizon here. Well, I had four teams that I was considering for the third spot, uh, myself and the Brave Boys, and then also Cody's team, the Chodes, and Zach's team, Kingdom Come. I'm going to put Zach's team third. Um, Strasburg, Matt, Gio Gonzalez having a nice season. Whistler's having a nice season. Chris Tillman as well. And then two lefties who aren't living up to what we had thought they'd be. But I think Rodon and Keiko will both turn it around. So um, Zach's team slightly ahead of mine just because of the volume of quality starting pitching he has. He's got one or two more than... Uh, my big four, and the struggles of Matt Harvey, I think, take a big chunk out of Cody's rotation, even though I think that the, his is very good as well. Yeah, I kind of guess I just forgot about uh, Kingdom Come there. I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I, I didn't, uh, I forgot about the additions of Strasburg, obviously, um, and Matt's has obviously been incredible, so I have to consider throwing them up there. Um, I guess it's just the David Price factor for me. I think he's going to figure it out, and and be dominant. I think he's the best pitcher of that group. I actually think uh, I like him a little better than Strasburg the rest of the way. All right, what else you guys got here? Uh, we're wrapping up. Is it week eight or week nine? It is week <clears throat> eight, I believe. All right. We're wrapping up week eight here. Anything you guys want to talk about here before we close up? I would just fire back a, a similar question that was asked to me earlier. Um, what's the next move for you guys? Well, I'm playing with a 24-man roster right now, so um, uh, I'm playing with a 24-man <laughs> roster as well. <laughs> yeah, I need to I need to trim some fat on this team, uh, <laughs> and I don't want to sell Prince Fielder again. He's actually hitting a little better this week, so I haven't been as aggressively trying to move him as I was. But we'll still obviously field any offers. Um, the other guy I thought about moving is Jose Abreu. So I'm um, trying to trim some salary here to make my team more flexible. But uh, obviously don't want to give those guys up for nothing. So, <clears throat> um, I wouldn't be shocked if I were you guys if there's a big move coming from the Jones Bros in the near future. Um, it's very apparent to me watching this week how much better Frank's team is than mine. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not joking when I say that uh, I'm having a great week. Um, obviously, my team's playing a little above where where we should be. 
on average, and that's keeping us in it off to a good start so far. But just I go through the matchups, and his team is just a lot better than mine right now. And I'm not positive where I'm at that I can keep up with him or Zach. So we have to make a move. Um, if we're going to be in this for the long haul, it looks like uh, it's kind of past the point of, of selling right now after another big week last week. So I think there's going to be a big move coming from the Jones Bros soon. Can we speculate? Go for it. <clears throat> I think he's on that um, that 2,000 hit list. Wow. Who are you looking at? I think I think Miggy's going to be a Jones bro. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's Shane trying to sound like he's surprised that I said that, even though I know that that's who he wants. I guess we'll have to wait and see. I'm not even about to speculating because Shane's not on my radar. Wow. Wow. I'm one game back of you, buddy. One game. No one's concerned about you. So you're, you're just flying the wall. Are you just talking about moving miners or are you looking to move an actual like piece here? Um, I think that when we get together in a couple of weeks, the Jones Bros roster is going to look a lot different than it does right now. You want to undercut him on all his deals? So cryptic. Everyone in the league. <laughs> so so cryptic. We need, we need to get in touch with Josh here real soon. Um, hey, everyone. Bryce Harper is for sale. <clears throat> I know that the Jones brothers and the Brave Boys played last week, and there were some scouts in the stands for those seven days um, watching some players. So, Josh, don't do anything before texting <laughs> Kyle and I first. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> I'll give you just a little bit more than what Shane will give you. Yeah, and I'll give you a little more than both of those guys. So, um, definitely, you know, don't sell too quickly. That's all all I'm going to say. But, yeah, that's a a nice comment to say that he's not on your radar when first place in the best division in the league, and he's only a game back. What what gives, man? Why would I say that? uh, And I beat you. Head to head. I knew that was coming. Waiting for that. Um, <laughs> let me rewind one second and let me just say, Day, don't forget Cause called you a bottom feeder. So even if he gives you just a little bit more, <clears throat> I'm, not, I'm your guy. All right. Um, but back to the Shane thing, I just like to get under his skin a little bit. He gives me a, uh, a hard time for Harper. He usually says true things when um, he comes at me. I tend to not <laughs> say true things when I come at people. Um, and be a little more outlandish. So, well, I just want to say that if I had those five wins back, I'd have a better record than both <laughs> of you. So, <laughs> you guys thought I wasn't going to say anything, but here we are in the final minute of the podcast, and I'm letting everybody know that I'm still a little upset about that. And just to clear it up, I did not call Day specifically a bottom feeder. I referred to a group of teams that have not been in the playoffs the last couple of years. And I just grouped them together. So, sorry. Can you elaborate who they are? They know who they are. I don't need to say it. Nobody's <laughs> happy that they don't make the playoffs. I understand that. I'm. I wouldn't be happy either. And there's going to be know, a day I... when my team doesn't make the playoffs, and I'm not happy either. So, I don't um, know what that's like. Hopefully, it's not this year. Yeah, you're pompous. All right. <laughs> with that being said, find us on Twitter at Red Triangle Twenty Three. Rate, review, SoundCloud, iTunes, subscribe. Let us know how we're doing. Tell us how much you dislike Kyle. Um, 
Otherwise, we'll be back in a week to talk about where uh, this week left the division standings and whether or not the Desperados are on top and whether or not the Jones Bros are still on top after this week. <clears throat>